and we're back. Hello. One week later. Uh, welcome to episode three. Yep. Episode of three of Make Play. Make Play. It's uh, February twenty fifth, two thousand eighteen. Good. Good save. And uh, yeah, so we're here to talk to you about uh, the games we've been playing and uh, the stuff we've been working on project wise. Um, not a lot new for me in the project arm well I mean yeah it's the same projects but we've definitely like I at least have come through a sort of design hurdle this past week which felt really good Uh, felt really bad for a long time though mind you (laughs) Um, so the problem that we've been having with this game Zapper that I've been working on is like scope is like obviously like a very important part of making a game Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought we had like worked it out pretty well such that the scope of the game was like manageable within the time frame we have because it's february 25th now we have until like may 16th or something Mm -hmm. to be done by yeah so we have a few more months um but that's not a lot of time like games take fucking forever to make yep um what i didn't realize is that i had no idea what the real conceptual scope of the game was oh i see which is nothing i've ever really had to wrangle before like Mm -hmm. usually you make a game and like it's got pretty hard parameters to it like you know like what kind of game it, what genre it is you know what the sort of like what you're sort of working with um what your frame of references are and i for this game don't have them necessarily because it can be whatever it needs to be um and that just like there's so much room for like other stuff to take place in the game like narrowing it down to like the best sort of moments or mechanics in it was is hard and all of this was because we had a critics like review session come in where we had like this guy who was like an audio designer come in to talk to us about our games and uh, uh like a ux ui uh designer to come in and talk and uh the audio designer was just like pretty critical which i guess was good but offered like a ton of different ideas that weren't really that could work but are different games yeah you know the, the revisions. Yeah. They're rather just than edits. Straight up revisions. And I, it just, like, because he was also just kind of critical in general, like, he just didn't seem to really, like, vibe with it. And granted, like, the context for these critiques is really poor, in my opinion. Like, they get almost no time to actually play the thing. And our, our build was very bad as well. We, we, had <laughs> not, we had not gotten it to, like, a very clear state of what we were trying to do. Um that and like he also like specifically asked not to for us to tell him anything before playing he played it and then also we didn't tell him anything after before he just started talking to us i see and so i was kind of like so like you're giving us feedback and you literally don't know where we're going with this right now so like yeah that's interesting that's like a good bad thing yeah it's like it's an unbiased opinion but also like i how much of that feedback is going to be useful if right right i mean i guess it forced me to like accept that it's a very vague thing right now and like we needed to focus more on it mm-hmm. so that was bothering me for most of the week and then last night actually uh i was very very stoned um <laughs> but i was talking with uh my girlfriend fiona because she's like a really good like bouncing board for like ideas and stuff because mm-hmm. like because she's not as familiar with games i kind of have to explain things at a very fundamental level which helps me yeah. see the fundamental level which i don't always do um and in that i kind of realized that like the way i was thinking about the scale of the game itself was just totally off 
in my head I was imagining it as like a much longer experience. Yeah. I was I was doing the thing where I simultaneously imagine or think about something as two separate things at the same time. I have done that before. Yeah. And you, you they're, they're like in conflict but somehow that just doesn't connect. Yeah. 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 I'll do that with like scheduling things all the time. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go hang out with Nick at three, and I'm also going yeah. to have this call at three, yeah, and like I that will schedule... never like occur to me as being wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, scheduling is like where that happens. Yeah, for, me, for the most part. Yeah, but yeah. And so I think that's kind of what happened here. Um, so I just realized that we're not trying to make a game that's an hour long or two yeah. hours long. We're trying to make a game that's twenty minutes long, mm-hmm. and we're trying to make that a really good twenty. Good twenty minutes. minutes. Yeah. And that was like for some reason, like thinking about something being that short just felt like no, no, no. We have we have more time than that in the, in the semester to make a better game. And I'm like, mm, not really. And it doesn't no. need to be more than twenty minutes. I mean, if you want to make a really polished twenty minutes, then yeah. you gotta put. I I feel like if you honestly, if you want to make a polished hour long game versus a polished uh, twenty minute game, or like sort of that differential, mm-hmm. it's it requires almost more time to make the twenty minute game. Sometimes yeah, than exactly, the exactly. Game. It's like a classic Mark Twain quote where he's like. I would have written you a, a ten-page letter yeah. instead of a twenty-page oh, letter, but I didn't have the time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's so sort of... yeah, we're trying to like really keep it condensed into like a really punchy, good sort of twenty-minute experience because it's the context people are going to play it in for the most part. You know, like yeah. if this is on our in our portfolio, if this is at a, at the end of your show, like that's when most people are going to play it. It needs to be quick. You yeah. know, it needs I to also, say. I can't imagine just myself playing that game for. An hour, unless it was really because the thing is, like I oh, also I played Jimmy's game um, <laughs> in between last week and this week, and uh, I had fun, but right. definitely until you add um, sort of the way the way the game is right now from mm-hmm. sort of my perspective is yeah. that you it's a Tapper clone and you sort of um, play Tapper, you yeah. know what I mean, uh-huh. uh, with Jimmy's voiceovers, which are Hi. <laughs> Fun to listen to. Uh, slightly arousing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I I mean, I had fun, but you need to add, like, diversity yeah. Um, yeah, between, yeah. like, while the voiceovers are happening. Like, the game needs to change. Right, yeah. Because right now, it's just the same thing. Tapper yeah. has levels. Your game just is it. flat yeah. one thing with voiceovers the whole time. Yeah. And so you need to affect, like, changes right. in the game as the voiceovers and that's, happen. And that's where we were kind of, like hamstrings because to, there's like infinitely many ways to do that so how do you approach that yeah um, and if you think about it if you really want to keep someone's attention you'll have to be changing the game every every couple minutes every few you minutes, know what exactly. I mean exactly and so, so to do that that many times over over like even half an hour 45 minutes it requires a lot of work a lot so yeah. we're bringing and it down for all of those absolutely all those beats all those moments so yeah we're shortening it down and we spent a good couple hours today just kind of like talking through um, what some of the things we can we think we can do in the in those moments to make it more concrete and more interesting, and so another big change is like for a while we've been approaching it as sort of a Mega Man kind of experience where there's an introduction to the game to give you like the the mechanic set basically and introduce it, and then we have like a couple different levels that you can choose from in any order, which is interesting if you have like three or four different levels to choose from, but we obviously are not going to have that many. We are going to have exactly two so we might as well put those in a linear format instead so we can um you know better track the narrative progression of the game and like work it up towards a sort of climax um 
and it's just it's just going to be a better smoother experience i think because we we can have a better idea of like the player's route through it and while it is like cool to let the let the player like do it out of order or like in two different orders i guess and like maybe you react to that in like different ways based on how they do it um i i think we just kind of agreed that it would be a better impact on the player if it is one linear story and we can then take advantage of that in new ways to just leverage that sort of knowledge that we have of how they're going to be progressing through the game um like for example we have uh in the intro as i'm explaining like kind of the art of the game we're going to scale it back for a few beats where it's like and this is what it looked like at first or whatever and it just shows like the unity like dev art prototype that we've been working with and like that's kind of a cool moment it's like oh i get to see like what this looked like for a, a couple weeks oh yeah that's cool it's like that, an x-ray into the game i think yeah. that really fits the sort of um uh, how would you how would you say that like meta exactly. sort of ness of that and of then, that game and then how you're voiceovering about essentially just like your creative process right exactly and then since this so that's the intro it's gonna go, then go into like me talking about crunch for a little while and then after that it's we think the third level is gonna be about how at ultimately I just want to make something that I'm like actually proud of for once. And as that's playing out, um, I'm going to be walking the player through like some other games that I've made, including Tapper, or including this one. So at one point, it'll be like a mirror, essentially, where like you're playing the new layout of whatever the third level looks like, the new art for that, and the old prototype simultaneously. So oh, stuff is coming out of like I the see. middle of the screen while you're going up both sides and like playing at the same Interesting. time. And that, I mean, that won't happen for very long. It'll be like a minute, if that. Yeah. But it'll be enough to be like, oh, I hate this so much. And there's that old level again. God damn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Um, but to like have that be like a little callback. Yeah, that's cool. I like that idea. And you can't really, that won't be as punchy if like that was like the second thing that they did. Like if it was the intro and then they did that immediately. Like having yeah. a little bit of space between. Stagger it a bit. Sells it a lot more. And we can guarantee that happens if it's just in order. And we can also make the transitions between the levels sexier and stuff like that. Um, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm feeling like we're in a good place. Nice. But so this week, I just need to like basically rewrite everything <laughs> or at least adapt what I've written into this because it's 20 pages. That's how much space I got, you know, mm -hmm. 20 pages of a script, you know? Yeah. Um, probably I should keep it to like 15 because we need time to, to play out. Um, but uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Cool. Yeah. That sounds great. Uh I know last week I said I would work on my game. Uh -huh. Did not actually follow uh, through with that, okay. unfortunately. Well, that happens. Um, but I did play a shit ton of games. So okay. For okay. the uh, for that half of the podcast, I prepared. I I almost uh, justified it that way a little bit, where I was just kind of like, uh -huh. eh, I worked on it a bit. I'd say I didn't work on it. I right. I didn't do significant enough work on it to really uh -huh. talk about uh -huh. it. But um, mostly it was just sort of I had a couple new games I wanted to play. Sure. And so I got to them. I went with that. Yeah. Nice, nice. I mean, I can touch on the level design stuff I've been working on, if you're curious. I don't know if I sure. talked about that last week. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this level design class I'm taking, we have to, like, our midterm is coming up. Mm. And so he's the professor's being pretty good about, like, breaking up the assignment itself. So, basically, on Thursday... Or no. Thursday? No, I guess it was Wednesday. We were assigned, like, okay, well, we pitched our, our ideas to the class, and then we had from Wednesday until this Monday, tomorrow, to graybox the whole thing um, yeah. and do some minor scripting, which is a lot of work because they're <laughs> big levels that he assigned us. 
And gray boxing, like, it's pretty quick, all things considered, but it does take so, time. So what is gray boxing? I'm sorry. Gray boxing is when you just literally get, like, boxes, like, white default, like, bo- low-poly boxes, and line them up to make the to overall make level, level itself. Exactly. Like, yeah. the physical sort of... Yeah, the physical, like, scale and size of the space. So, okay, I see. And, like, you know, you also script, like, a first-person player character, so you can walk through it and get, yeah. like, a sense of, like, the pacing. And, it was, like, like basic, like what I do almost in unity to start out. Right. It's like, hey, I have mm-hmm. some flooring. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. If I'm um, doing a, uh, yeah. So like what everything is trying to communicate the size and scale and like the, the tone. Yep. Almost like the, the spatial tone of a level, but with zero art. Um, yeah. And like for this project, we're also supposed to like script a few events to take place, um, which I haven't done yet because scripting is a lot more time consuming for me. I see. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try and keep it minimal. So basically the flow is it's in the uh, Hall of African Mammals. Lovely. the American History Museum. Mm-hmm. And in the little diorama spaces, instead of like just animal dioramas, I'm mm-hmm. just going to put in like whatever like random ass 3D models I can find on the internet. Ah. And I think for the first level, for the first floor, it's going to like kind of be animals if I can find them, like natural scenes at least. Maybe yeah, a little yeah, weird, yeah. but all intents and purposes, it looks pretty normal. And then... You get to the back of the hall, and there's, like, a big exhibit of, like, something giant in the uh-huh. back. In the middle of that pedestal, though, is an elevator that takes you down to the basement storage areas. And that's where all the weird shit is. Oh, um, I see. There are also stairs that go up to the mezzanine, but those are that's locked. That's fun. Stairs oh. are locked for now. So you have to go down this elevator. You're in the basement. It's really dark, but you find a flashlight. Because as soon like, the lights are... I think I want the, pay, the, the flow to be, like, the lights are on mm-hmm. when you go down, and then you, like, come down into this room, but as soon as you hit the bottom... The power goes out so you can't uh, go back up and the lights are out but you grab like a flashlight oh, and like you can that. like see yeah. your way around and so you walk from this like smaller room back into like the main area equivalent it's like a, essentially a mirror of the first floor um and there's just like tons of shelves with like weird jars and stuff on them and like maybe some strange like stuff on like cart carts essentially like uh-huh. big pallets that block your way from one side and then if you go around the other side like a second hallway there's long shelves um but it forces you like up against the side the wall it's podcasts are great but it'd be great also if i could just show this <laughs> um but basically going up against the side wall like forces you to realize that some of these walls aren't what they appear to be and are in fact like secret doors that essentially just open when you get close to them i see because uh, that's very easy to do in unreal <laughs> and, and also <laughs> pretty evocative in my opinion using unreal yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so once you get like through there, you kind of go through some hallways until you eventually find an office with like a key in it or something. And then you can turn the power on and you see all this other stuff. But when you're in there, the ideal thing would be for all those like creepy models and animals that were on the pallets and shelves beforehand to suddenly be animated and like walking around doing certain like basic routines so that you can like. A, they're out of the way because they were blocking the exit before, or like yep. the, the full circuit before, so you can get past that area. But B, they're also fucking walking around. That's so strange. They shouldn't be doing that. They're in a museum. Yep. I don't know if I'll actually do that. I think I might just move them to like evoke that feeling of like things taking place without you seeing them. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, you get the key, you go up to the mezzanine, and there's like really bonkers stuff in those dioramas, and that's, that's it. Sounds really cool. Yeah, so we'll see how far I get. The gray boxing took a while, um, but I did make a dope ass flashlight. So <laughs> if you need any help, 
I'd it's like in, to screw around with the with blueprint. Yeah, sure. It's node based. It's node based. It's node based. Ah, yeah, I which is do that. Kind of cool, but also a little. You know, it's just like learning a new. Yeah, yeah. Language. So what's the what's the like? Because so, you know, I'm curious. I'm the the computer programmer here is nerding out a little. Bit. <laughs> what's the your like workflow? coding wise look like like how does very little actual coding i see so in order to like make a flashlight for example uh-huh all i did was attach a spotlight to the player character uh and then in the player character like blueprint so each big script is just a blueprint that you make uh nodes on and like wire them together essentially mm. so i had code for the like mouse look essentially and you just drag that into the flashlight. Oh, and I like see. wherever you look, the flashlight also now points oh, for convenient. the most part. All right. And then you can have like action inputs. So in the like project settings, you're like, ah, this input, like if you press oh, tab, like events. Yeah, yeah kind yeah, of yeah. like the tab button is called flashlight toggle or something. Oh, and then I see. You go into the blueprint and it's you like type in like manager. action event flashlight toggle. So now it knows like, okay, we're talking about every time they press tab, what do I do? Oh, I either activate or deactivate this thing which I'm dragging in okay. is the flashlight. I imagine that's just some sort of like function or... What is? Uh, the the event. Like how you describe what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you just type in like this input event that I had told the project settings exists now. It okay. just pops up, you drag it in and then it has a few basic like execution like lines. So, oh, alright. Yeah, and like variables and stuff like that. Okay, that that's drag. cool. Yeah, it's, it's pretty simple once you understand the fundamental logic of it. Um, I feel like also just... Very short PSA because it occurred to me while you were talking. PSA. Here we go. Uh, if you happen to be a computer programmer out there, uh, go make a game. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying this because I remember when I was in high school, and I remember a feeling of like just as though anything I wanted to do was insurmountable when it came to coding. Mm. Um, I there are many people who do not have this feeling and who do awesome things at a young age. <laughs> Because they realize that it's not actually as hard as you think it is. Right. Um, when I when I thought about making a game when I was younger, mm -hmm. I was just I I I was overwhelmed by how much you would have to do to make a good game. Hmm. Like when I I played a lot of games. When I played a game, I started to realize like when I got into coding, this is coded. This has to also be coded. This right. is scripted. This is you know. Yeah. There's math happening here. There's sort of like that kind of deal where I started realizing, wow, a lot of work, even just coding-wise, went into it, uh, and I suck at art. So <laughs> I was essentially looking at these games, and the art alone was, you know, a blade of grass. I was just like, this would take yeah. me 12 hours. Yeah. Like, I'm just not an artist. Mm -hmm. um, but when I started using, like, Unity and even just Game Maker and any sort of, like, uh, product targeted towards sort of game designers and game creators, I just yeah. started realizing... All you really got to do is uh, read a couple tutorials, maybe, maybe mm -hmm. not even. Go look at someone else's project. Yeah. And if you're a good coder and you can find some random art, yeah. uh, you can make a fine little game. Yeah, absolutely. Because the problems that I feel someone who's not a coder, who's starting and coming to game design, um, the problems they face are very hard to surmount if you're yeah. not good at coding. Yeah. Because with art... If I'm not good at art, I can go find art. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And using that art is not hard. 
-hmm. If you're not good at coding, you can go find code, right. but using that code can be difficult because yeah. you don't understand what it's doing. Right. If, it's like if I tried to take someone's art and I tried to edit it. Or like it's, animate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't do that. Right. I can't mimic their art style, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, I don't even know like the workflow how to even start yeah, yeah. I, I have no bearing on how to make art yeah um and so i couldn't i wouldn't be able to do that i'd probably try and like you know be like i want this guy to have a cast and it would yeah. be a totally nice like pixel art character with a fucking like white line going across his chest right. that's supposed to be a cast <laughs> like you know so i feel i feel like if you're if you're out there and you're a coder just psa go make a game go make a shitty terrible Awful game in yeah. like, I use Phaser IO on make an HTML5 game, make uh -huh. it super shitty, but go do it because you can do it. Like if you can code, you yeah. can do it. And then put it on itch.io and email it to us at makeplaygames. Hey, or maybe it's fuck. Maybe is it makeplayradio at gmail.com? It is. I think it might be makeplayradio. I think it's yeah. Makeplayradio at gmail.com. Yeah. Email us your links. Oh, by all means, if any of you want any of us to play your games yeah. either uh send us games because... or just questions questions yeah. are good too absolutely anything anything maybe just your entire life story get to know us yeah. if All you right. want if you want play testers i'm your dude if you want oh, some yeah. some some advice probably jimmy either way both yeah. of us will check it out yeah all right i think it's break time it is break. hello there are you a fan of brick do you like the way brick works do you also happen to fly internationally frequently? Fly Brick Airplane. It's an airplane made entirely of bricks that we use to ferry people from anywhere in the United States to anywhere not in the United States, and sometimes back if the plane is still intact. We appreciate your patronage and service, and uh, we hope you, you fly Brick Air. Uh, yep. Get bricked! Woo! Okay, and, and we're uh, back. We are back. Thanks for our sponsors, whatever they happen to be this week. It really means a lot. Uh, I love those guys. No, we have uh, people out there looking for our backs. If you want to sponsor Make Play Radio, we are always looking for new corporate entities to bankroll us. Uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, hit up that email. That's uh, makeplayradio at gmail.com. I'm a gamer. Doritos, what up? <laughs> Mountain Dew, you out there? Taco Bell? Huh? <laughs> Taco Bell? Dude, fucking Taco Bell would be dope. If I could be sponsored by Taco Bell, oh, I think I'd feel just content in life forever. Someday. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get dude. There. <laughs> what have you been playing this week? You said you had been uh, Holy playing a lot. Holy crap. Yes, I have. Uh, so, first and foremost, because mm -hmm. I am addicted to anything roguish at all, mm -hmm. I've been playing a game called Roguelands, which Rogue came out a while ago. Uh -huh. When bit, did it come out? Uh, you know, that's a great question. I'm actually going to look it up as we speak. But um, it is really fun. It's basically... A game in which you make a little character mm -hmm. and uh, oh, so you get you to make your levels. Yeah, you get to sort of design them. You unlock yeah. more uh, abilities and sort of okay. uh, looks for your character as you play. Okay, but uh, yeah, you you do uh, you have sort of like a main space station type mm -hmm. deal um, with storage across all of your characters, and you just run through levels and kill shit and grind and farm and mm. it's it's so it's sort of relaxing sometimes when it's huh. not being a bullet hell um, <laughs> it's fun to just walk around and like 
basically pluck flowers to make swords out of. Like, that's that's just an enjoyable experience. And you know I like grinding in games, and it's a very grindy game. So yeah. I've been enjoying it a lot as multiplayer. Although it's you have to port forward or use Hamachi. It's oh, not uh, over Steam. Yep. It's like early Minecraft days. Yeah, but, uh, I remember Hamachi. Yeah, I remember port forwarding. Um, and Hamachi. Hamachi is a pain in the ass. I don't so really like terrible. it. So terrible. Yeah. It usually, uh, I believe the drivers usually screwed up my internet, but anyway. Yeah, I think so too, actually. Um, but yeah, so that, that game has been a bunch of fun. And one of the reasons I find it to be most fun is just the movement. Right, um, yeah, that seemed to be like the biggest thing that stuck out to me, just watching you play for a few minutes. Yeah, it's it's great. You have you can use a and E on your keyboard to dodge. It, the controller support is pretty shitty, which is one thing that I don't like. Damn. But, uh, it feels like it would, it would work well on it. On yeah, with the shoulder buttons yeah. to to dodge and the yeah. yeah. It, well, it's also it's like a, another game called Risk of Rain a little bit, huh. which is a game I love, um, and yeah. which is best played with the controller for sure. But right. um, what a what a lovely title, Risk of Rain. Risk of Rain. Yeah. It's have you nice. ever seen that game? I don't think so. I'll have to show it to I, you. I've definitely podcast. heard of it, it's, but it's a wonderful game. Also, anybody out there, play Risk of Rain. It's great. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's. It's been really fun playing Roguelands. I really like it. Um, and one interesting thing about it, as opposed to other sort of roguish games I've played, I don't get... Uh, then again, I haven't gotten super far in it, but I've not gotten too attached to a character yet, mm-hmm. only because so much of the progression of the game seems to be um, getting new items and gathering resources. Right. It seems so... kind of like, yes, you do have to start from level one uh, if you die, and... Yes, you do lose whatever you have in your inventory, any cool, like, abilities you might have gathered up till that point, but you do save a lot, Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of things stay persistent, so... Right, right. So, yeah, it's... hmm. It seems like... I mean, obviously it is a roguelike because you have these characters whose stats are all... Yeah, but it's more like adopting a roguelike situation into, like, a... A space exploration combat multiplayer game. sort of type. Yeah. 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 Huh. It feels almost one of the cool things about it is it feels like the kind of game where I could either have a couple friends over right. and sort of just like play it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um I think you have to use I don't know if it has local co op, but anyway, it does still feel like the kind of game that I could play with a couple friends. Yeah. And have fun for a while. Yeah. Or I could really get into it and play for like um couple hours by yeah. myself. How long when, have you played it? How many hours uh, have you put in? Let's actually go see. Uh, I was also going to look at when it came out. I've only put in five hours. It's not been long yet. Okay, who made it? Um, let's, let's look that up here. It also feels like it would be a nice sort of podcast game. I always... Probably my favorite way to spend a little time is just like finding a game that's like good to play while listening to a podcast. Because those are like my two favorite things are listening to podcasts <laughs> and playing video games. Except they don't always work out well over one another. Like certain certain games require full attention. But. Yeah. This is one of those games where um, there are grindy areas for sure. And mm-hmm. so I feel like it'd be a great game for... Exactly. Yeah. That's what kind of sounds like. Um, it's There's obviously no plot. It was apparently made by Smash Games. Smash Games. Uh, they've also made uh, Magikite, which is a similar game, which I've also heard pretty good things about magicite uh yeah that's also i believe in my um wish list or wish something? list yeah <laughs> actually it's interesting knowing that this developer made both of these games as they're very similar but mm. um mm. cool 
What else have you been playing? Was this mostly uh, a lot of Dota, <laughs> a lot more Dota, <laughs> oh, and boy. I've I've learned in playing Dota two that I suck at Dota two, and right. that uh, everyone I play with also sucks at Dota two because they are about as new as me, but they suck way less at Dota two, uh, even though they still suck at Dota two. And compared to people who are good at Dota two, right? We all suck at Dota. 2. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just seems to be one of those games. I was very afraid for a long time of trying out any MOBA because. Yeah, I just- I, I, it's just so competitive, you know? Well, even just, like, the community is toxic. Yeah, exactly. Like, that, that, too. The competitiveness, competition, I don't... I'm not against. Like, mm-hmm. if a teammate wants to win, that's fine. That's right. fun. yeah. Even in Unranked, if a teammate would like to win and is saying, hey, maybe we should do this because it'll sure. up our chances. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, I'll follow that guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, he, I'm more than willing to take someone's yeah. lead in yeah. these kinds of games. or I'll take the lead if we're in Ranked. If we're in Unranked, I don't really care enough, yeah. but in any game. But um, if someone wants to take the lead, I'm not going to be like, shut up, it's unranked, or like, yeah, go away. Sure. It's like, well, sure, we'll try and win. But it's not just that in Dota 2 at all. It's essentially, I'll be playing turbo mode, which is, uh, first of all, it's unranked, and mm-hmm. second of all, it's much faster than a normal game. Right, so uh, there's no real courier management, which is this thing that brings you items that you have to actually like micromanage um, oh, a interesting, little bit. Interesting. So um, what's the time differential between like a turbo mode and a normal? Uh, a normal game can take like 45, 50 minutes, uh-huh. and a turbo game takes like 20, 30 nice. sometimes. Okay. Uh, technically, games should could take less time, but at the I assume the MMR I'm at, having not played any ranked and mm-hmm. sucking the, at the game, uh, <laughs> no one knows how to end the game until 50 minutes, right. uh, essentially. No one, no one ever, even in Turbo, like, understands that they can end the game. And the only reason I understand that we could have ended the game is because I play with a friend of mine who's mm-hmm. not that bad. And so he tells us, you know, like, ah, we could have ended the game in 15 minutes when, you know, it was, we had one, like, three team fights somehow up till that point even mm-hmm. though it's so early on you know right like, we just had it in the upper hand so significantly we, we ganked the shit out of them and yeah. uh, we could have just won the game and yeah i'm just like okay but we, we never know yeah. <laughs> it always ends at you know 50 minutes and yeah. everyone's farmed and but anyway <laughs> it's it's fun but the more i i play the more i realize i just don't know anything right. um, yeah. i was even i looked up uh, this guy, Day9, who I love. Right, I, you and I have heard of that yep. dude. Day9's great. He's a caster. He used to be a caster, at least, um, for StarCraft. Uh-huh. And he played StarCraft. I used to watch his, his dailies. Um, oh, wow. I love this. I love that man. He's great. Uh, Day9, if you're out there for whatever reason, heart, just a little heart sending to you. Aww. You and your cats. Um, but he's a great dude. And he had a, like a, uh, he sort of streamed himself getting coached by a guy named Purge. Who's oh, interesting. a very good Dota 2 player. And I've been watching that because yeah. it's entertaining. I love Day 9. And sure. I'm like, even though I just play on Ranked, I might as well learn a little yeah. about this game I'm playing. Pick up some tips and tricks. Um, yeah, and it's <laughs> insane. The, the, the first episode of that was like an hour and 15 minutes long. And it was just about one tiny facet of the game. Wow. Like, it's, it's essentially like... About one phase of the game and one section of that phase of the game, of the early game, uh-huh. and it took an hour and 15. And they had to continue on the next uh, <laughs> Of course. The next episode. And I was just like, this is... First of all, I'm excited because right. I like games that have that sort of like depth and complexity to them. Mm-hmm. But also, it's, it's so unintuitive, some of the things right. that you're almost expected to do in the game. Huh. So here's one thing. This blew my mind because I, I'm a casual player. Someone who actually plays Dota would know this. 
but I am a casual player through and through. Sure, I and don't so, even play at all. Yeah. So, you know, in a MOBA, there's the idea, probably, everyone has a rough idea from League of Legends and Dota, like, yeah. what a MOBA is. Yeah. There's, like, these towers and these little creep enemies uh-huh. that are, uh, you know, they're not, they're NPCs, essentially. They right. run through these th- sort of three lanes, um, which are basically just, like, little roads yeah. where the creeps walk uh-huh. and where the towers are. Right. And uh, you try and sort of push... To their destroy their towers, get to their yeah, ancient like, and destroy it. Like football. Yeah, sure, yeah. Like good old American football. <laughs> you just creeps and you get last hits. I don't Sounds know. about right. Um but yeah, essentially like there's a thing you can do where you like lead your own creeps into the jungle area where there are neutral creeps. Right. And you use those creeps to both help you kill the jungle creeps uh-huh. and kill your own creep wave so that the enemies don't get to kill your creep wave right so they don't get money and experience i see and what when when i learned that that made so much sense to me i was like why didn't i think of that mm-hmm. why didn't i think to do that and the answer is because it's ridiculous like who's yeah. gonna the first time the first couple times they play this game <laughs> think like you know hmm, how can I, fi- I i can barely control the game yet how can yeah. i just innovate and like yeah. you know and lead my men into the completely opposite direction from where they're, like, pre-programmed yeah. to go. Just, like, you know, draw aggro into a jungle and then... And the other thing is if you fuck it up, like, it's it's worse. It's essentially, like, if you don't kill your whole creep wave, then you your next creep wave, like, has extra creeps in it. Oh. And that pushes your wave, which is bad um, early, but huh. is maybe good if you're pushing a tower. It's, like, there's a whole... It's a whole thing. It and a whole it's a whole thing. kit and caboodle. And uh, I've really been enjoying playing Dota 2, but my god, is that game fucking hard. It's so hard. (laughs) There's actually, hilariously enough, on the little chat wheel, like, the almost hands-free, like, messaging system to Uh your teammates. Um, You have to, like, press Y and you move the mouse to whatever. Right. There's an option you can put on that just says, game is hard, automatically. (laughs) There's a couple other ones that I like. Like, I immediately regret my decision is one of them. Oh, boy. Um... And new meta. Those are those are my favorites. That's pretty but, good. Uh, That's yeah. pretty good. I just I immediately regret my decision a lot in that game. Um, yeah. See, but at least you know to regret decisions. That's the first step. <laughs> well, usually I know I regret them because I died. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I guess it's pretty a, clear cut. I guess that's a pretty that's a pretty good indication. But see, I wouldn't even know what caused me to die. I would just know that I had died. Oh well, that's the other thing. Yeah. Is sometimes because there's a hundred something characters I think in that game, and uh-huh. they all have different abilities. Right. So. As a new player, like, if I'm faced against someone I haven't seen before, I don't know what they can do. I can click on them and I can read through their abilities, but I don't have the time to do that because I suck. And so if if I read through all their abilities to understand it, it's going to take me a solid, like, (laughs) two minutes to really let let all that sink in. And I'm just standing under tower not getting any farm. So, like, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, yeah. You'll get there. You'll get yeah, there. Yeah, I will. I just I've been trying to play all the characters to understand them, but there is a lot of just like that's time. Uh, I guess I was stunned. You yeah. know, like and the other thing is that the items in that game can give you abilities, and they're significant abilities. It's right. not just like hey, here's a little like, bonus. Totally changes the yeah. character. It's yeah. like silence a character so he can't use abilities and make him take extra damage. And you're right. just like, wow, that's quite you that's know, a lot. and get all these stats. Like, yeah, they're very important. So if I just don't notice that a character like bought. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that makes it really hard to read you know, a character. A rod or like, a you don't know what you're coming to, up against yeah. until unless you like unless you click on them and look at you can click on them and get that information. That's right. the other thing is I recognize while I play, I could be doing this, you know? Right. I yeah. could be maximizing sort of 
my information. I can even go look and see if they're low on mana, yeah. and then dive them if they are. But that's just like such a massive cognitive blow that you have to like yeah. keep all of that in your head. Well, that's part of the reason time. why it's so hard. It's because right. I'm like I'm trying to keep track of last hits. I'm trying to look at the mini map to make sure I don't get like attacked. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to zone people out. I'm trying to just pay attention in general. Like mm -hmm. maybe buy an item here and there. Like it's just a lot for me. People yeah. who play Dota a lot, parts of those get easier and easier if time I'm goes sure. on, yeah. and I'm sure it just becomes sort of like last hitting second nature right. and. They're just like looking at the mini map half the time, like mm -hmm. trying to figure out, you know, What's get a gauge happen? on the whole map because yeah. that's where the scope of their game is, is uh, sort of more global scale. My scope on the game is very small. It's essentially, oh. this is my character. I'm, uh, I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I guess I've been playing, or I finished What Remains of Edith Finch mm -hmm. uh, at some point during the week. And, uh, yeah, that game is really interesting for a variety of reasons. Um, it's, you know, a walking sim that's got, like, a bit more mechanically going on in it. Um, so, uh, like, in Gone Home, you're walking around, like, looking at objects, and that's pretty much it. And in this game, you're walking around and, like, reading people's, like, reading something that indicates how that person died, essentially. Because, like, mm. the conceit of the game is that you're Edith Finch, and you're coming home to like this family house that's all like been hand built by different family members and looking in people's things to discern discern how they died and of course your mom like sealed up everybody's bedrooms after they died oh uh, we were talking about this last week yeah because she's like super spooked about everything um and there's one like memory or like beat of the game that just like really stuck out to me and i had heard people like saying good things about this memory before mm -hmm. and i kind of never like indulge myself in like what it was actually about. I'm glad I didn't because it works really, really well. Like a lot of the memories are like interesting, but this one like really sells it on like a mechanical level. Uh huh. Uh, so you have uh, super spoilers for this memory if you don't. If you know oh yeah. Do it. Skip ahead. Yeah, like, uh, five like minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There we go. Okay. Uh, so you have this brother who's uh, like a college dropout and is working at the local tuna factory, hmm. and you find a letter sent to him by a psychiatrist or I guess by sent to the family um, by a psychiatrist and it's all narrated by this psychiatrist woman as you kind of delve into his perspective and his perspective is working on like a, a, in a factory and it's like a first person thing you see his like right arm and you just use the right the right joystick to like grab a fish from the conveyor belt that comes into your little tray take it all the way to the right when you do that a guillotine comes down cuts the fish's head off and you put it up onto the conveyor belt and it keeps going and you just do that it's like a kind of a u-shaped motion mm -hmm. um with a little bit of a beat as the fish gets okay. its head cut off and so you're doing that as she's talking about this kid's life and she just starts to describe this fantasy setting that he imagined in his own head to occupy his time at the fish factory mm. and as she's doing that some of that fantasy world gets displayed on the screen and all of oh. a sudden the left stick is now controlling this 3d character from an isometric point of view like a you know pulled back third person with a little bit of depth perspective mm -hmm. all this like low poly thing but it's really constrained to like a thought bubble kind of space on like the corner of the screen yeah but now you're doing this like two different things at the same time thing and it gets a little like hard to like also be like doing the fish thing while you're like controlling this other dude uh-huh and it's it's hard at first but as she continues to describe the way that he was imagining himself uh that like thought bubble grows out into the rest of the screen oh i until see until it gets to the point where 
the the imaginary landscape is like covering as she's like telling the story about how he imagines himself like becoming the king of this fictional world and exploring new worlds and realms and like conquering them and and everything and you're walking him through that and controlling like a boat along an ocean or just him in the town or whatever happens to be and um the weird thing is that like you get used at first it's like this weird dissonance between the two actions because one's like a cartoonish low poly thing and the other one is like these very realistic looking fish that you're grabbing over top of that cartoon world and then decapitating yeah but you get used to it to the point where the whole like fish part is like second nature and you're not even thinking about it anymore which is exactly what that character is doing doing, yeah yeah which is just like crazy that's really cool yeah and of course it keeps going it keeps going and it gets to a certain climax i guess i won't i won't spoil entirely Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah it was really it was really i think a clever use of, of the mechanics um and like that embodied sort of nature of like I literally am getting used to it just like the character is, which yeah. doesn't happen very often yeah. for me in games. That's I like I do really like that sort of. Um, I wonder if there, is there a word for that? I'm not sure. I don't know because it's it's interesting when you're made to feel what the character is feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I I really enjoy that in a game. It really puts you in the moment. Yeah. More than uh, a quick time event, which is a cheap <laughs> way of trying to do the same thing as we discussed. But. Yeah. It's super hard to design though. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, it's ultimately going to be subjective because. Yeah, and how do you really test that? Because yeah. I mean, you you're tr- essentially trying to design something that uh, we're, we're delving back into. Make I'm enjoying it. Um, you're essentially trying to design something that is. Uh, an experience like a feeling you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you're trying to sort of evoke an emotional response yeah and that's hard you have to design specifically for that yeah and how do you do that because everyone's emotional response is sort of different Mm -hmm. like how do you target the widest audience almost with it or are you even trying to target the widest audience so yeah i don't know and i mean that game like tries to do a lot of different stuff and i think it's it's like very experimental in that way because you know, that memory looked like that, but then another one literally looked like a playable comic book, you know, and another mm-hmm. one you play as like a sea monster, you know, in like the 1950s. It is fun playing games where like there's no main mechanic, yeah. really. It's yeah. sort of just the mechanics are whatever made the most sense given... Given the context. Yeah, yeah. given like, hey, they're using a keyboard, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll do this, you know. Yeah. It's a controller, so, yeah. you know. Which is what we're you know feeding back into zapper which is what we're trying to do there where it's like we have this sort of three-act structure almost and like how can we develop the mechanics or like not develop them necessarily but like reuse the mechanics that we have in a new and interesting way for each scene such that it feels like a new experience even though you're still only pressing the same keys that that to me is sometimes the most fun of a game is when it can use its mechanics um in a way that makes the world seem real only because you're using the mechanics diversely, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Because it's not it's not just limited to, I understand this is a game, if I press this button, this will happen. Yeah. It's, I can affect this change in the world by pressing this button, and that will affect other changes. Like, that's mm-hmm. really the, the coolest part yeah. of the video game for me. Yeah, that's absolutely. what makes it feel like an actual real world, is when, right. sort of, it has a lot of internal interactions, you know? Right. And there are a lot of different ways to apply what you can do in the game. Right, because at that point it doesn't feel like I'm just doing the thing the game is asking me to do and it's moving along. It's like yeah. I'm choosing how this world changes. I'm trying to innovate and to come up with different ways to use what I've been given. Right. That's 
what you do in real life too right. really is yeah. Yeah. why it's so compelling to me i think yeah but. yeah Whew. video games man yeah so it's going, a lot they're going places they are <laughs> All right, I think I think that's probably about does it for this week yep. of Make Play oh, r- 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 Radio. Oh, yeah. uh, again, send any questions that you might have to uh, makeplayradio at gmail.com. and uh, give us a, give us a, a bump on whatever platform this happens to be on. <laughs> yeah, thank <laughs> you. Uh, yeah, YouTube. If, if we're on wherever. YouTube, just you know the the standard like, comment, subscribe spiel. Holla! I suppose. Smash yeah. that subscribe button. Oh yeah. Ooh. Thanks. It, it means a lot to us, though. Um, yeah. This little project. We definitely enjoy making it, so the more you guys get to enjoy it, the better. And yeah, feedback, too. Also good. Yeah. Cool. If we suck, let us know. <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Peace. Bye. Bye.